right, let's do this shit. I kind of like that fast shotgun method we did last night for the three-game slate for today. So I think I'm going to keep it pretty swift again today. I'm here to answer your questions, help you get a little bit better at DFS, and, uh, you know, have you prepared for the main slate tomorrow. What's up, new guy? My name's James, better known as the Degenerate75. I'm a DFS content creator who is here to help you not suck so bad at DFS. I know something that a lot of people won't tell you. This should be real, real tough. So, if you find you like the cut of my jib, we'll hang around for the next 30 to 45 minutes. And if you really like the cut of my jib, check out that schedule. I do this show every Saturday night at 7 o'clock. I also do a showdown hoedown show on Monday and Thursday for the Monday night Thursday game. Not the Monday and Thursday night football games. I also do PGA. I also do, uh, what, college football, but that's coming to an end. Come hang out, hit the like button, tell a friend. I appreciate it for every 50 likes we get. My dude, Rob Jack, who won a lot of money this week, is sponsoring the giveaway. Thank you, Rob Jack, for sponsoring this. We will be, uh, for every 50 likes, I'll draw your name from the chat. Make sure you ask up to two questions, and if you win, you'll build a ticket with me tomorrow that we will put in the Millionaire Maker, and I will split the profits with you 50-50, okay? Which is going to suck for us when we hit a million bucks, and we gotta write, we got to find a way to write that off in less than a month. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but you know what? But we're going to deal with rich guy problems, aren't we? All right, not going to talk a lot about contest selection. Look, we're on week, what is this, like week 78 of the year or something like that. Uh, there's no, there's nothing I can tell you about contest selection you don't already know. By now, you should be far enough in to have an idea of what contest you are the most comfortable in, right? Is it Are, are you a 150 maxer, right? Do you like to go put 150 lineups in the 50 center, maybe the $5, the $9, the whatever contest? Or are you somebody who likes to play those 153 maxes? Or do you really like to consolidate it down and do a single entry and maybe you want to play a a $27 single entry, a $100 single entry, whatever your limits are, hopefully you've kind of narrowed it down and you're sticking with that and not overreacting to two or three weeks of, of bad weeks. I've got my dick kicked in the last two to three weeks, but it had nothing to do with the contest it was in. It was because I picked fucking bums uh, to build my stacks around and it didn't go well, Bob, right? It had nothing to do with contest selection. I'm sticking to the contest uh, and I'm just going to uh, uh, not, hold on, I wrote down this note, don't pick guys who fucking suck. I wrote that note down for tomorrow, okay? So don't overreact look at what you've had success with that should be your contest selection of course the one contest you should be in mother father is mine go get in it right now editor is going to put it right over here in the chat it is a five dollar three max with a, a reduced rake and a flat payout structure get in there fill it up for me don't make me be that bumbling donkey on twitter tomorrow being like fill my contest so my so my host don't yell at me okay as you can see, our winner last week, Red Gold Super Bowl, winning it with, is that Patrick Willis as his avatar? You love to see it. You love to see it winning the contest last week. Big shout out to you, your mother father. Congratulations. Let's get going. If I'm going to be the guy that's going to tell you you can take your picks and your plays and fuck off with them, well, then I better be the guy that helps you with the process. And every week I try to give you a process tip, something I've learned through the, through the, through the crucible of DFS kicking me in the nuts for the last nine years. And here's the one that I want to share with you tonight. If you're looking for ways to differentiate your lineup, a very, very common thing you can do is get different with defenses. But so often, so many people don't know how to differentiate defenses. If you go look, this is a, a week-in and week-out thing. The vast majority of people, when they pick their defenses, of course there's uh, you know random uh, exclusions if there's like a really like a, a shitty quarterback going up against a, a defense at the mid-price. But most of the times, people either spend on one of the three bottom defenses because they want to save that money and spend it uh, you know, up at other positions. I'm very guilty of this myself. 
or they go to those really uh, quote unquote safe options, right? You know those those defenses that are already good and they're playing a slap dick quarterback and they're like forty one hundred dollars. So if you're really looking to differentiate your lineups, just right off the bat, consider getting rid of the bottom three or four defenses salary wise and the top three or four. Okay, because by doing that, a lot of that will make you different. So many people either want those price savings or they want the quote unquote safe points, and those are the two places that they go to at defenses. Okay, with ownership being a fucking shit show this year and no being nobody being able to accurately predict it. It would seem to me that trying to get off of defensive chalk is a good thing, and one of the best things you can do is just not play the polarized ends. Look for those defenses in the middle, those good value defenses that are anywhere usually from 2,700, probably up to 3,300 is probably going to be the kind of defenses I'm talking about. They go notoriously under-owned because they, people say, well, why would I play this defense when I could just save $600 and play this bottom-of-the-barrel defense? Or, hell, if I'm going to play 3,300, I might as well play 3,800 and go get the 49ers or what the hell ever the example is right so playing those ones in that middle tier can be a great way to differentiate yourself hey if you haven't heard the big guys leading into props in 2024 we finally broke our streak of two of three it did not go well monday night we're ready to get back after it. that game had a bit more pop to it than we thought there didn't it boy or was that thursday night it was thursday so here's the ones we're looking at tomorrow, the ones that we find the most value in. Number one, Tajay Spears over 21 and a half rushing yards. Tajay is getting a bigger and bigger role. We are projecting him between 9 and 11 carries tomorrow at home. Uh, Tennessee is at home and favored against Houston. And if you just watch him, you're like, that guy is more electric than Derrick Henry. Like he, It looks like, like Derrick Henry's in slow motion after you watch a Tajay Spears run, right? So we will definitely take the over on 21 and a half uh, rushing yards. If he gets nine carries, I mean, hell, he only has to average two and a half yards a carry and he's there, right? Travis Kelsey, this is one you're going to have to take at negative money, but you can find under six and a half receptions tomorrow. I am telling you, the Patriots are notorious for taking away top targets, and who the hell else is the top target getter for the Chiefs other than Travis Kelsey? Furthermore, this seems like a sloggy game up there in New England. I really like the under on Travis Kelsey, uh, six and a half receptions. Give me the under on that. And lastly, Samathan Howlathan, uh, over 25 and a half completions. This is actually a plus money bet to offset your Kelsey bet. The reason I like this one is... Uh, this, right? They're going to be. The Redskins are underdogs on the road. They're going to be in a dome. Okay, I've played Sam Howell as an underdog before, right? You know, I just t- talked about playing some of those shitty quarterbacks. Well, he was one of them against Miami a couple weeks ago. Didn't go so well, but this time, he's not playing Miami's defense. This time, he is in a dome and not going to be playing in the rain, and I think he is going to be throwing the ball all over the field, and in that case, I think that you are probably going to see somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 45 attempts from Sam Howell in a game where they're likely to be in a script where they're behind and trying to play catch-up. They don't don't have Brian Robinson, which is probably going to make them even more inclined to lead on dump-off passes. So give me the over on 25 and a half completions for Sam Howell on what I'm thinking will probably be like 42 to 43 attempts. All right. If you don't know, I brought on my I got a weather guy. If I'm gonna be the guy that's like, oh, oh, weather and get off the weather, well then I better have I better have some fancy weather, right? No more using NFLweather.com, right? That's like uh what is that the equivalent to? That's like that's like the people at golf that use Windfinder. Okay, you're like, yeah, that's a thing, but you're a fucking poor. So I brought on a guy who has like the most advanced uh projections out there when it comes to weather, and we have made this little heat chart here for you to kind of let you know what the weather is looking like for the games tomorrow so you can adapt accordingly. Of course I'm going to update this in the morning with the latest projections, but that will only be over on my website website this is the youtube i'm a poor version just be thankful you're even getting this much you dudes and dudettes 
All right, the games that, that, that I would be mildly concerned about, this game in Cleveland, there is going to be light rains on and off, but it's not the rain so much that have me uh, uh, concerned as there's going to probably be wet field conditions and there's going to be some moderate winds, right? We're talking sustained uh, uh, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. Uh, I've heard people talking up Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, you know, his legs aren't going to stop him from doing well in the in the wind, right? But I do think that it is going to kill the passing upside of this game. It probably lends itself to being a little sloggy. I would probably say that some of the passing and receiving probably needs about a 3 to 5% nerf on some of the guys in this game, right? You go over here to the uh, to Green Bay. It's December in Green Bay. Fucking shocking that it's going to be cold. There's going to be a wind chill uh, uh, into the 30s. But, uh, you know, I don't think the field's going to be that that bad, but it is one that I think that you give a little bit, you know, like maybe a 1% downgrade to, but not as bad as what we're going to see in Cleveland. Not worry about Houston, Tennessee, but you get over to the Jets in Miami, it is looking like it is going to be gusty as shit in Miami tomorrow. We're talking sustained 20-mile-an-hour winds with 30-mile-an-hour gusts. That ain't nothing, all right? That ain't nothing, especially for a team that like likes to throw the deep ball. Just something to, to monitor there. It's not going to be mint conditions like we often get down in Miami. Uh, you can see really the only other game that we're kind of monitoring here is uh, uh, Carolina. Uh, Atlanta at Carolina, it's going to be. Moderate rain throughout the game, once again sustained 18 to, mi- uh, 18 to 20 mile an hour winds with 25 to 35 mile an hour gusts. Not exactly ideal conditions. It is saying that the field is likely to be wet. There's going to be wet conditions for both the ground game and the pass game. And a little fact called both those teams fucking suck at offense. There you go. That's that's a little fact that you need to know, right? Uh, Buffalo, you know, you would think Buffalo in December you'd have to be worried, but there's nothing that's getting me off of that game. I think that those guys are going to be fine in that game. There is, I would say, maybe a 1% uh, dock here, but you're talking games like this. I'm docking these guys 5 to 8% and docking these guys like 3 to 5% in these games up here, right? So the more red you see, the more concerned you should be. The more green you see, the better, right? Like I'm not too worried about the Rams game because it's in a dome, right? Same thing with New Orleans. Same thing with Arizona. Those are ideal conditions. Why? Why you, you don't have to worry about that stuff. So there you go. That is the weather for all of the 10-game slate tomorrow. Let's get over to it. This is the blank Rosetta Stone. This is what I offer all my members. Of course, they get the colored one where we say what kind of game every game is, what kind of player. Are they a cash player, a high upside, a GPP guy? Do you need to watch their status? Are they status dependent? What's their ownership? What's their projection? What's their ceiling? What's their points per dollar? What's their optimal rate? What's their optimal leverage? How many snaps are they playing? Targets, rushing games, projections for passing, rushing, receiving, everything you need to know for every single player. We have it right here on the Rosetta Stone. Not all of you have 60 hours a week to just, you know, have time with it. You know, just me and the Rosetta Stone and weather projections. Just, ah, all day. So this is what you can take in 60 minutes and make really informed decisions and have all the relevant information you need to make your decisions this is what i offer over at dgen 75 but this is the blank one for youtube you're gonna like it and you're gonna deal with it new guys don't forget to hit the like button you mother fathers all right game number one atlanta at carolina we've already looked at the weather this game is not great scoring environment 35 point total i uh, as i've always if i've said it once i've said it a hundred times i don't worry too much about running backs in wet conditions sometimes it can actually benefit them uh yes there is a chance they could cut the ball and go for and and, and slip when they could have had a touchdown but i think it's just as likely the defender slips so in a game like this you know Bijan, chuba hubbard and maybe even the defenses start to become into play you know maybe you get more sacks maybe there's more fumbles because of the wet conditions block kicks things like that those things can happen so in games like this i don't know that you always want to instantly x them off i think you just want to be very aware of who you're playing in this game i think both of these running backs are viable and both of these defenses are 
Uh, if, if if this game were in a dome, I'll tell you right now, I'd be all about some Kyle Pitts, right? I'd be all about some Drake London. But it's not, so I'm not. So there you go. That's how I feel about that game. There's got to be games that you lean in harder to than others. And if you want to try to get cute and make this your stand, go right the fuck ahead. I don't care who you play. I just don't think it's the best play, Bob. Moving on, Chicago-Cleveland is a game that I've heard talked up on more than one show this week. And yes, I think Justin Fields is an absolute stud at fantasy football, right? I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback, but I think he's a stud fantasy quarterback. What he can do with his legs is truly elite. He has DJ Moore, who is truly elite. And like he has, he can throw the deep ball and he can run 60-yard touchdowns. That is like the dream fantasy quarterback, right? Problem is, Cleveland has a good defense. Problem is, this game's at Cleveland. Problem is, the weather's not going to be great. So, am I interested in Justin Fields? I'm always interested in Justin Fields. Every week, he's on the slate. I'm like, ah, Justin Fields, you got to give that guy a little consideration. I say that every week, okay? But I will tell you, he is going to get some ownership. You're not the first person who's thought of Justin Fields this week. You're not the first person who's considering building skinny stacks with Komet and more around him. So just know, when you do that, do you really want to play Justin Fields against a good defense in bad conditions and a game environment that is probably less likely to shoot out than other games? And at $7,000, it's not exactly like he is a free square. You're paying good money for that. So just be aware of it. Justin Fields is a badass when it comes to fantasy football, but just know the caveat of all those things I told you. One more thing, as I already told you, if I'm playing, if I'm playing Justin Fields, I'm skinny stacking his ass. It's either DJ Moore or Cole Komet, a skinny stack new guy. It's just one guy I'm stacking him with. Over for Cleveland, I think they actually have a decent offense now, right? Joe Flacco has made this like a serviceable offense, and I can't believe it, right? Now they have a good offense to go with a good defense. I think Jerome Ford is the most interesting here. Even if the conditions do get a little bit rough, Cleveland is still a run-forward team, and Jerome Ford is still leading that backfield, right? But Joe Flacco is bringing a lot of these guys back to life. Najoku broke the slate last week with Joe Flacco as the quarterback. Elijah Moore, two weeks ago, had 9,000 air yards, right? Amari Cooper, you know, 6,000 dollars a little steep but he is still clearly the number one wide receiver and you can see I bet we have Joe Flacco projected at 224 yards and if he throws for 250 that's not going to shock anybody right so this is a game where you could probably come in and get some pieces but if you're looking to x out a game which I think is going to be relatively popular versus the upside this is a game that I'm going to consider just trying to stay the hell away from and hope that you get you know a 17 a 20 to 17 game basically exactly what Vegas says and it's a little bit sloggy and a slapdick tight end catches the touchdown this Green Bay Tampa Bay game kind of just has the just has like the could this be one of those sneaky 28-24 games and you look up and three guys have 30 fantasy points from this game it kind of feels like that doesn't it am I worried about Green Bay weather in December yeah yeah, I am, Bob, but I'll tell you this. Tampa Bay has not been afraid to get into a couple shootouts this year, right? Which is like, once again, I, I love Baker Mayfield. He is my favorite player, and he's never been a good fantasy quarterback. But this year, man, I'm telling you, he has a little thing with Mike Evans. Chris Godwin will have to be watching his status tomorrow. I do think he's going to play, but he, he is on status watch. You see the little thing on him. And then Rashad White is a guy that last week, I couldn't believe nobody wanted to play. The guy just has such an incredible role. Well, he's going up against a tough run defense. Mother father, he catches the ball too, all right? It's not like you don't get that many points off how many yards your running back gets rushing the ball. You get it off of touchdowns and catches, right? And he was going to catch the ball, and I got him at 3%. So Rashad White, I'm, the guy just has an incredible role. He probably has one of the five best roles in the NFL as far as usage. And if you think that this game is going to be a 28-24, hell, even a 24-21 type game, I think Rashad White is a guy you definitely want to consider in your stacks. Or not in your stacks, but in your lineups. 
Going over to Green Bay, Jordan Love finally looked like Donkey Dick. He uh, reverted back to the old Jordan Love. Not a lot to love there. But you know what? It's the NFL, and they can bounce back, right? Furthermore, uh, he has a real running back now. He doesn't have A.J. Dillon. I run into my guard's ass for one yard every play now. Now at least he has Aaron Jones, who is electric out of the backfield. We were presuming he's going to be back, and we were presuming that Dillon is going to be out. So if that's the case, well, then that I think that that makes Jordan Love a much better player. It gives the it, it just opens up the offense that much more. Jaden Reed, that dude's electric. They get, I mean, they get that guy the ball in a lot of ways. He's still under five thousand dollars. I think essentially when Watson is out, Jaden Reed is the number one wide receiver for this team. Uh, is he going to be chalky? Probably, but if if I know that I'm going to get seven to probably nine opportunities for him because he's also getting those end around carries too. I think there's real value there, and I don't even mind a Jordan Love stack. And if you want a punt tight end almost everybody that punts at tight end this week is going to play shig for tennessee i think tucker craft is a, is, is a, just as viable a play as he is uh don't overlook this game it feels like a sneaky game that could get there just monitor that weather tomorrow Miami and the Jets, you can see we have the wind, the little wind thing in that so cute on there. Look, the Jets play defense, right? They do. And the Jets play slow as shit. They do. And I think if you have not heard, Miami has big time offensive line issues. I mean, like they're missing everybody. And like they're getting to the point where like they can barely snap the ball to Tua and block for him for two seconds. And most of Miami's explosive plays involve Tua needing three to four seconds to let long crossing routes or double moves set up his big plays. And if they're not having the offensive line who can do that, that's not good. Not to mention the Jets notoriously have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL and will get after Tua's ass tomorrow. I know I've said it all year. Since week two, I've been saying it. When Miami's at home, you play Miami. And I mean, I am. I'm going to play a Dolphin. But it's probably not going to be the one you're thinking, right? It ain't going to be Tua. It ain't going to be Tyreek. It ain't going to be Waddle. Sure, shit ain't going to be Durham Smythe. I'm really interested in this running game. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think they're going to grind out this win, but I think they're going to have to do it on the ground, right? The biggest difference for backup NFL linemen is trying to adjust to pass blocking. It is not run blocking. Almost all NFL linemen can run block. It's the pass blocking which really separates the elite ones from the slapdick backups. So, if Devin Achan is out, I think we're Moster is an auto play for me, right? I think that he will be getting plenty of touches, and even if a Chan does play, it might be limited. I still think I might go with Mostert. I just really think that Miami is going to control this game by running the ball. On the flip side, I want to play Garrett Wilson so bad. The guy is so good. If you gave him a quarterback that didn't suck balls, I'm telling you he'd be a top five wide receiver in the NFL. It breaks my soul for him. Same thing for Brees Hall. If he was in a real offense, he'd be $8,800 every week. Moving on, Giants in New Orleans, Tommy DeVito. All right, he's, I mean, I'm telling you, the guy is not that bad, right? He is not that bad. I don't think he's very – he's not like uh, a Danny Dimes viable like we've had from the Giants four. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that can get you 35 points, right? He just They're just too conservative with the offense to ever allow him to do that. But I do think that he is a decent enough quarterback to keep them in the games. And if they're going to be in the games, that means Saquon is legitimate, right? And DeVito runs the ball just enough that I think it's actually opening up some seams for Barkley. He also doesn't make too many aggressive passes, and he dumps it off to Barkley. I think Saquon, although the the, the you know the Saints are not are a good defense against running backs, I think Saquon is another one of those guys. I'm not playing him because I think he can get there on rushing yards. I'm playing him because I think that he has touchdown equity and that he is probably going to get five to seven targets out of the backfield, and that's where they get their points. If you think that the Giants might be able to put up some points, don't forget they're going to be in a dome tomorrow. Don't forget uh, the the Saints have been giving up some points recently. I think Wandell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt are still the two dudes there. If you want punt wide receivers, I think one of those guys could have a very nice game, but it's also weird to uh, bet on Giants wide receivers. 
Going over to the Saints, I don't know why they hate me. If they would just start Jameis Winston, my life would have meaning again, but they refuse to do it. They want to go with Derek Carr, probably because the, uh, he's a car wreck, and they, they like the analogy. Alvin Kamara, fuck that guy. I never get him right, so I'm probably fading him, so you should go all in on him more. $8,600. I just don't see any way I can pay $8,600 and when I could just find the $600 extra and get to Christian McCaffrey. I don't care about the ownership pivot. I don't care about the leverage. Alvin Kamara sucks. I hate that guy, and at $8,600, I will get cute and pivot somewhere else and play the leverage game somewhere else. Not with that donkey dick. Just so you know, he's going for 35 tomorrow because I'm fading him. Uh, definitely need to watch Olave and Shahid. I think if both of those guys are out, guys like Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson, even though they're not the same position, do get a nice bump up in usage. But I am feeling pretty good that Olave is going to play. And I think Shahid is probably going to be active, but maybe a little limited. So we'll have to watch that, right? All right, let's get to maybe the game that nobody's going to consider. But I'm kind of like, hey, hey, girl. Houston, Tennessee, right? You look at these teams, 38-point total. Slapdick quarterbacks, there's nothing to like here. If you have not heard, uh, C.J. Stroud is out, right? That's big news because he's been awesome this year. I mean, like, unbelievably awesome. Like, if you played this season out 100 times, I wouldn't have given this even a 1 in 100 chance at a simulation happening. But he's been good. And now he's out. And we know Tank Dell's out for the year. And we know Nico Collins is out this week, right? There's a lot. They got a lot of good players out, right? But the backup who is starting is not Davis Mills. It's Case Keenum. And Case Keenum is a guy who I have seen score 25 points in a fantasy game before, right? This isn't some random crumb bum, right? This is Case Keenum. Yes, he's not a good quarterback, but we're not here. We're not playing build NFL franchises, are we? We're playing fantasy football. And at $4,000, if you're not considering Case Keenum, then I don't know what you're doing because Houston has shown that they have a good passing game this year, right? They have good concepts. They have a good offensive coordinator. Is Case Keenum C.J. Stroud? Probably not, Bob. Probably not. But I think he could be 80% of what C.J. Stroud is, and at $4,000, that can get you there. Furthermore, their wide receiver tree has shrunk down. When you were missing Dell and Nico Collins, like those, those, that usage has to go somewhere. And I think the two most obvious ones it's going to go to is Noah Brown, who appears to be back at $5,000, and then Dalton Schultz, who is back also. And if you really want to play some disgusting punts, I don't even mind Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie, right? Like, I, and if you have a, a Case Keenum, Xavier Hutchinson, and you just get one 50-yard touchdown, you're probably there with both of those guys, and you have all the money in the world to go spend on the rest of your lineup. And let's face it, there are some bad-ass pay-up options on this slate. I'm not telling you to do this because, once again, I don't care who you play. And once again, like, these guys are highly volatile. But when you play guys that are that cheap, if Keenum can just get you 18 to 20 points, you'd be like, well, I could never win a GPP with 18 to 20 points for my quarterback. Well, yes, you can as long as, like, the studs don't go for 35, right? He just needs to outscore them points per dollar, and then you need to hit the other pieces. So don't think about I have to have the highest scoring guy at every position. Think about I need the guy who can score me the most points per dollar. That's what you need to be thinking about. Going over to Tennessee, I'm not going to lie to you. Skinny Jeans Levi's looked like a real quarterback again last week. Don't know where the hell that came from, but he was freaking ripping some dimes. Uh, if you think that this game's going to have any pace at all, I don't mind him. Uh, I, I definitely don't mind DeAndre Hopkins because he loves to throw the ball to that motherfucker. And we've already said, I think Shig is the best pay down tight end at 2,900. He's mispriced. He should probably cl be closer to 3,900 instead of 2,900. This is a game that nobody is going to be on, but I think this is a great way for you to play some cheaper options. Have a game that could be you don't even need this game to go crazy get a 21 to 20 game each team gets 400 yards of offense that will be plenty enough to likely get you the points you need to go get those pay up options in the big games right moving on 
Kansas City and, and New England, this game scares the hell out of me. I never play Mahomes on main slate, and you best believe that shit ain't changing this week. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got priced up to 5000 and the little note called he's terrible at football. Don't forget that. Uh, Rasheed Rice has definitely emerged as the number one wide receiver for Kansas City, but I am not paying $6,100 from anybody from Kansas City that's a pass catcher outside of Travis Kelsey. But the bad news is Travis Kelsey, 7600 right? So it's just like everybody from Kansas City just seems overpriced. They don't have a huge total. The Patriots are notorious for taking away the other team's best uh, uh, weapon, which in this case is going to be Travis Kelsey. This just seems like a game that, that Kansas City is going to win like 21-10, to 10, right? But if you're a real sicko, New England can't. These are professional football teams. They could keep it close. Zeke Elliott is going to be very popular at 5,800. And I will tell you, the last time I saw him, I was really impressed with how, like, he actually had a little bit of wiggle left in those hips, right? He still had a little bit of explosion, especially out of the passing game. If you think that he's going to continue to get seven targets, then I think he's almost a must play. Now, maybe he comes back down to reality and just gets two or three targets like we would expect, and that kills a lot of his value. And then in that case, Zeke becomes almost entirely touchdown dependent. And I I don't know that a team with a 14-point total, I really want to be resting on Zeke Elliott being touchdown dependent. But I think the one guy from New England I'm kind of interested in is old Demario Douglas, right? He is back from injury. He is probably going to be the number one wide receiver. Don't forget how many targets he was getting before he went out. What, he's been out. I think he's been out with a concussion, right? I don't even remember. But he's been out the past two weeks. He is back. I, I, they don't trust Devontae. They sure as shit don't trust Juju. They, they, we know that Tyquan Thornton is not that guy. So Douglas is going to be. I will, I will bet good money he gets at least seven targets. And at $3,900 with electric as he is, I think that he could get there at that price tag. All right, getting to these afternoon games. The afternoon games are chef's kiss. They are so good. And San Francisco, I, I, here, here's my question for you. What the fuck do we do? What do we do? I have no idea. You tell me the answer because I don't know. Fading San Francisco. Here, here's the one path to fading San Francisco. This is the only way you fade San Francisco tomorrow. You think that they have a bad game and they only manage 27 points, okay, because that's about as low as they're possibly going to score tomorrow. Of those 27 points, you hope that maybe they only have like, you know, 400 yards of offense, okay? Maybe the defense steals a touchdown. That still leaves a whole bunch of yards and a couple touchdowns to get passed around to people. And their offense is so concentrated, it only goes to four people. It's Purdy either giving the ball to McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle. That's it. So one of those guys is definitively going to have a slate breaker game tomorrow, and it's likely two of them do, right? It just happens every week. And so to completely fade the 49ers, you basically are getting into this weird thing where you want them all to do good, but none of them to do great. And that is a very thin margin. So fading a team with a 31-point total uh, I, I think you're just you're you're playing with fire. You got to figure out how can you play San Francisco because to completely fade them, I think is a fool's errand. I think it's a fool's errand. Who is it going to be? I don't know, Bob. I wish I knew. I really do, but I know this: it's going to be at least one of them. And there ain't no way I'm building a lineup that will not contain a 49er because somebody in that game is going to go for 35 and they're going to break the slate. And there is a path that all of them score. Eight, 15 to you know to 22 points and at those price tags they likely don't break the slate but that is that, that you got to get very very narrow script to have everything work out exactly how you need it I think Arizona is pretty interesting here, right? Kyler Murray has not looked that great since he's been back. But, man, if they're ever going to push the pace of a game, they're at home. Maybe they can find it for a game. Uh, uh, he still has Trey McBride, who I arguably think is one of the three best tight ends in the NFL. And, you know, like Marquise Brown, uh, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, they're all back. I mean, they got the tools. Um, and, and the best part is that San Francisco has the sexiest runbacks ever. If if the, the Cardinals can manage to score 24, you have to imagine San Francisco scoring 31, 35, something like that, right? So 
uh, you know, Kyler Murray's a real stack, but at least worth mentioning, right? And it's in a dome. I think this is going to end up when we go when we go to look tomorrow. I think we're going to see that this Washington Rams game is going to end up being the chalkiest game on the slate. I feel pretty confident that Matthew Stafford is probably going to be the highest owned quarterback on this slate, which is fucking unbelievable, right? Like Matthew Stafford, like three weeks ago, you couldn't give that guy away. Now he's going to be the highest owned insanity. I get it. $6,000, he's a little underpriced. Cup and Nakua both seem to be healthy and back. He has Higby back. They have the huge total. They're at home. Washington sucks. Washington can push them. It checks all the boxes. But I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford is very dependent on either getting the 300-yard passing bonus or probably getting three touchdowns. He's not one of those guys that's ever going to get you there with his legs. Maybe you'll get a, you'll find a shamrock shoved up your ass, and he'll tush-push one in for a yard for a touchdown. But outside of that, you ain't going to get there with him, Bob, uh, unless he throws three touchdowns at 300 yards. So I think the more interesting part of this game is playing Washington. Sam Howell, right? He has had big games this year. Sam Howell is missing their number one running back, Brian Johnson, or Brian Robinson, excuse me. And so because of that, I think that he becomes very stackable. McLaurin, Samuel, Dodson, Thomas, all these guys are very, very stackable and they're affordable. Now you can still go play the Rams because I think you're a fool if you fade the Rams. If, if, if the 49ers are the creme de la creme, the Rams are like, like a baby step behind them. To not have any Rams in your lineup tomorrow, I, good luck, bro. Good luck. Okay, between Karen Williams, always bitching about shit, uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, uh, hell, maybe even Tyler Higby if you're a real sicko. Uh, uh, hell, Demarcus Robinson's even looked good recently. One of those guys is going to have a monster game, and to completely fade them it, it, with that big of a total at home in the Dome against Washington, man, I just have a hard time. Of course, it's an NFL game. Shit could happen, and maybe none of them get there, but I got to tell you, it ain't likely, Bob. So playing the Rams is, is something I'm going to be doing. I'm going to play Rams. I'm going to play 49ers. I'm just going to try to play them a way that not everybody else is, right? Everybody else is going to play a party stack. Everyone else is going to play a Stafford stack. Maybe I just go in there and try to grab a piece and hope that that is the piece that gets it all and steals a lot of that usage from the other people and then let my other stacks get there, right? Because those teams, they just have, their offenses are just on fire. They're, they're in great conditions. They're against shitty defenses. They check every box you want to see. In the last game, probably the most exciting game on the slate, right? Now, maybe not from DFS purposes, but just from a fun watch, it's going to be a great game, right? If this game is 21-17, it may not surprise you, right? These guys have enough on defense to, to, to kind of get into a sloggier game. But if this game is 41-38, that's also not going to surprise you. And this game is super, super fun to stack. Problem is, they're also expensive. Dak breaking that $8,000 threshold. We rarely ever see Dak this expensive. And now when you want to go put him with CeeDee Lamb, and then maybe you want to put him with Cooks or Ferguson also, because Dak's usually a guy you're going to want to double stack, all your money gone, Bob. You ain't got no money left, right? And then as soon as you do that, you know Tony Pollard's finally going to get that two-touchdown game. On the flip side of that, it's just as difficult. Josh Allen at 8,200, uh, you know, Diggs is due for that big game. So you got to stack him with Diggs. And then, of course, you probably want to put him with Kincaid also, who is basically, you know, a wide receiver that we call a tight end. Where'd all your money go? And then you need a run back. Who are you going to run it back with, right? If you, so this is the problem with this game is, is making your primary stack this game, you better be loving some pump from some other games. And this is why I'm pretty open to the idea of playing some cheap, nasty stacks this week and then coming over here and grabbing C.D. Lamb, grabbing Stephon Diggs, grabbing Tony Pollard, grabbing pieces of this game and not, not committing all of it to this game. Because if you, even if this game is a good game, 28-24, basically what Vegas is kind of projecting it to be, um, you you still might not get there just because you gave so much of your salary to this game that you basically would need those guys to be nutted to pay off those salaries versus what everybody else is doing, right? 
So, uh, I'll tell you, the three afternoon games tomorrow are delectable. Problem is, I think all three of them are going to be relatively chalky, and that will actually limit what you can do a bit whenever it comes to late swap, right? I think you're going to be able to get on guys like Debo and Ayuk at a little lower ownership, right? Of course, there'll be guys like Marquise Brown. You can always go play the Cardinals. They'll be low on McLaurin. But, like, those guys, those aren't one-for-one swaps. If you're playing Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup or CeeDee Lamb or Diggs and you want to pivot, like, there are no other obvious pivot options up there because all the other guys are noticeably cheaper and in not as good of positions, right? So even though there's three great games tomorrow in the afternoon which would make late swap seem nutted, I question how nutted it's going to be. All right, let's get to some questions. Editor, I see uh, 50 likes. You can go ahead and draw one name. Let me get a quick swig. Mm-mm-mm. I just realized that football's on. That's the smallest crowd we've had like all year. I think it's just simply people are watching football. How dare y'all? All right, hey, probably means I can get through these questions sooner, and that means I get to eat dinner earlier. Hey, new guy, come check out my website. It's called DGN75. We have PGA, NFL, college football, NASCAR, prop picks, everything coming up. Get in there now. It is the perfect month for the end of NFL, the end of college football, everything you need. PGA starting back up. This is the perfect time to get in there, lock in that cheap price, because I promise you it's going up in 2024. You'll never see me bragging about all my wins, but I will brag about all my mother fathers right here. Look, Just look at all these guys from last week flying the flag, hitting unbelievable hits, love when all these guys do well that's what it's all about it's not about my picks and my pleas and all that shit it's about helping you get a process and you be successful at dfs have fun with it have it be sustainable and do it long enough and one day you'll hit a big mother father like all these guys did right Oh, yeah, and as I told you earlier, I have the Rosetta Stone. I put this out for every slate and for every sport. I encourage you to check it out. It has everything you need when you don't have 60 hours a week to be an effing tryhard like me. If you're one of my members over on the website, go fill out the survey. Monday is the deadline. I'm giving away $5,000 for you to fill out a three-minute survey. Go fill it out. All right, once again, the sponsor of this giveaway is RobJack24. Rob, I think you're going to have to be a, hey, we got a new winner over here. You're going to have to be a, uh, we're going to have to make you the sponsor for a few of them because he's sponsoring five of these giveaways. And based on the number of these likes, you freaking like hoes. Actually, you're not like hoes. You're like prudes. Uh, Tot. Tatiana? Tatiana 6? That sounds like a bot name. The night bot picked a bot. That sounds, that sounds, I get these random follows on Twitter. It's always like, eh, my name is Tatiana. It's like, all right, you're a sex bot. Get out of here, sex bot. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Where are we at? Sorry. Turning this off. Turning it off. Sorry. Had to go off. All right. Let's answer some questions. Let's get the hell out of here. Tatiana, say something in the chat. Let's make sure this isn't a, this isn't a, a uh, what is that? A, a bot. Anybody else think Tatiana's a bot? What did Tatiana even say? I'm looking back through the chat here. I'm not seeing shit from Tatiana. Editor, who the hell is Tatiana? Oh, there we go. Uh, are you by? Uh, oh, all right. No, that was a legitimate. That was a legitimate question. Legitimate question. Right up at the top. All right, fair and square. You won, mother father. If you're a sex bot, good work. Good work. Uh, okay. Get me to a hundred likes. I don't know how y'all are gonna do it, but get me there. Uh, all right. I think Purdy's still too cheap. Agree? Absolutely. I mean, Brock Purdy, they just they just don't understand how good this guy is. The guy should be every bit of like 7,800. It's so stupid. Trubisky sucks. Yes, he does. Well, through, through one quarter, he was looking pretty good. And then he remembered, hey, I'm Mitch Trubisky. I suck donkey dick. Do you like Dak stacks? I mean, I, I, this game is so good, but I just, every time I do it, it's like, well, if I'm going to stack Dak, I almost certainly want to have Lamb. And then by the time I pay for press, uh, Dak and Lamb, and then I try to get one more in there, all the money is gone, Tweezy. And I just don't know that I want to be married to that game when there's so many other good games on the slate. That's my biggest problem. What's going on, Lamont? Welcome, brother. Brother. All right. Why haven't you smashed the like button? Yeah, a lot of new guys in here tonight. A lot of new guys. 
Uh, if you like a chalky game, better to be in the 20 max contest with different mini combos. Yeah, I think I think the the more you want to be contrarian, you know, like you want to play some nasty stacks and stuff, I think the more it, you probably get benefits from that being in bigger fields, right? So maybe that's a 20 max. Maybe it's an MME, which is a 150 max. All things to consider, right? How your lineups run today? I'm really back stacked on the late game. Uh, you know, I told everybody on the stream last night, consider playing leverage plays in the first game, like Addison and Higgins. And of course, I didn't do that. I had a good amount of Hawkinson and uh, Ty Chandler in the first game, so that went well. But uh, everything else is in the late game, so it's too early to tell. But you know, not having Addison or Higgins in my player pool, I don't, I, I don't think I have any chance of winning anything big. Our winner, Tatiana says, "Are you buying the over on Zeke Rice stacks? Are are?" Are you buying into the over-owned Zeke Rice stacks? I don't know what the fuck that question means. I assume Zeke. Oh, yeah, you're talking about a little correlation here, Rasheed Rice and Zeke Elliott. I don't think Rasheed Rice is going to be popular. I don't. I think Zeke is going to be very popular, but I do not think that uh, uh, Rice is. Uh, Nick says, uh, feed the editor. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Nick. Finding Dak on a road game going to be done, right? I, I, dude, I, I think Dak's a new guy, man. I, I'm not buying the whole I think he's going to suck because he's on the road tomorrow, Nick. I'm not buying it. Think Jamar Chase is out for the season? I sure hope not. It didn't look that serious. That looked like a shoulder sprain, I would guess, one to two weeks, but I'm also no doctor. Uh, with the season approaching the home stretch, can we rely on studs to get even more volume defenses to tighten up more than usual? You know, I don't, I don't really, I've never seen any data to see that studs get more concentrated usage later in the season. If you have something on that, please share it with me, Optimal Fade, but I've never seen anything uh, to, to that extent. I mean, maybe it's a thing. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I've never seen that. For a three max, do you stay with a single stack and build three different variations? Yeah. So any anytime I build like less than ten lineups, it's always built around one stack, and then I just build like you know however many different variations of that stack. Because say you're stacking Dak, well you're going to want to stack Dak with probably Ferguson and probably Lamb and probably Cook, and you're going to need to have different variations of that. Plus you probably want to mix up. Maybe you want to run back with James Cook. Maybe you want to run back with Diggs. Maybe you want to run back with Kincaid. Right. So yeah, I tend to stick to uh, keep my keep my uh, stacks pretty tight, tight like a toyga. What are your lineups looking like today with the one game remaining? Uh, I mean, I'm okay. Uh, the, you know, the I, I think I had 92% Moss, and he got the touchdown early, and then he said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey I'm dead." And then uh, you know that that one hurt, but I avoided a lot of chalk today that that kind of blew up, and I was happy about that. Felt really good about the first game, but uh, you know then. Um, uh, you know, then when Moss got hurt, it kind of killed my upside a little bit, right? Uh, I feel like this is an onslaught build week. You dig? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's just what game are you going to onslaught? Because I see about five different games that I think you could onslaught. That'd be my question for you, Jason. Is Caffrey high price incoming to eat that? I mean, look, it feels like worst case scenario, he's going to get 20 points, right? Um, and depending on how all the other running backs do, often that can be good enough, right? Pizza for supper tonight. Get the fuck out of here. Ain't no pizza. All right. Uh, why do you always like playing low-owned, cheap, slabby quarterbacks? When will I learn? Gabriel, I've got the same question. Uh, the last two weeks, it has really burnt me in the ass. Literally didn't cash at all playing these uh, Dobbs and Howell the last couple weeks. But don't forget, I've also won two GPPs this year, and it happened with cheap, slappy quarterbacks, right? you got to trust the process and realize that when you're doing this, when you are playing with slap dick quarterbacks, they are going to burn you. There is a reason that they are $5,000, right? It's the game we play. I'm not trying to win every week. I'm just trying to win a couple weeks. I need Gibbs and Montgomery to go over 30 points total for all the marbles. Having a good sweat since the last PGA. Hey, love to hear that, Crypto. Let's go get it, big guy. Hey, guy in the back, isn't a finalist for NFL Man of the Year? We give him a committee swift kick, man unit. Hey, guy in the back, he's asleep. He, he hasn't eaten since Wednesday. He's struggling. Uh, what's a great sneaky game? Uh, I'm I, I, I'll, I'll just keep going back to this Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. 
Should I be prioritizing the expensive running backs or wide receivers this week? Ooh, that's a good question, Bob. Um, let's see. I, I Just off the top of my head, I feel like outside of McCaffrey, I prefer the expensive wide receivers, right? I like Lamb this week. I like Stefan Diggs this week. I like Cooper Cup this week. So right there, that basically tells me that I'm probably going to be playing the expensive wide receivers and then still trying to find a way to get old Christian McCaffrey in there because that man scares the hell out of me when I fight him. All right, Nick Cat says, uh, if you were going to overstack a game, uh, when when is one too many? I was close last week, but I stacked too much. I think five guys is the most I'd ever stack from a game, right? So, for instance, Purdy, McCaffrey, and and Kittle, and then I run it back with Marquise Brown and Trey McBride, or or Connors and, and McBride. I don't, I, I would never stack more than more than five, right? That that's my number. Are we going back to Hal stacks? Moorhead, I don't mind it, man. I'm telling you, I, I wish he were a little cheaper, but even with his price at 6300 look at the guys you can stack him with. They're all very affordable. I think you could double stack him, and I, I think they're going to push the Rams. I really do. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty warm to it, Bob. Very warm to it, okay? Okay. Uh, what's a good number of late swaps to leave open for tomorrow? <sighs> I'd try to have at least three in every lineup, right? At least three. Uh, just because those late games are so good, man. I mean, I'm not kidding. If you ranked all these games tomorrow, I think legitimately the top three games are literally the last three games. So I I, I wouldn't I, – I, I, hell, you could probably even make a rule where you leave four or five spots open and really be backloaded. Uh, it's, it's not going to be a fun first three hours of the day, but it could be a fun last three hours of the day. You know what I'm saying? All right. Feels like B-52's day going uh, uh, going with the love stack. Too corny? Oh, uh, let's see. Too corny. Mm, I don't mind Jordan love stacks. If I were ranking all my stacks, he'd be probably around five or six. Fields naked, just pray his legs get you home. Yeah, I mean, I think for Fields to have a slate breaker type of game, he's going to need to have one of those long runs. Crazy thing is, the mother father seems to do it about one out of every three games. Have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? I don't buy shit for anybody, so that's pretty easy. Let's go. Man, I hear the big guy's voice in my head saying, you're not the only one uh, to think that every time I think I'm sneaky and lose. <laughs> I, I Thanks, I guess. Pay up at tight end week. I mean, I'm not paying up for Kelsey, but, you know, like a Najoku, a, uh, who's another one that's kind of those moderate price guys that I would consider. Uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, a guy that I would consider that's moderately priced. Uh, I guess George Kittle, Trey McBride, definitely on the consideration. Yeah, I kind of like not the not the most expensive in Kelsey, but I do like that tier right underneath him, right? Do you think a top 1% lineup gets there with a 140% cumulative ownership, or do you see sub 100%? Uh, I think tomorrow, I, I, I would bet that number's over 140 is probably going to win. I think you're going to see some very chalky guys get there tomorrow. Uh, odds Baker has sleeveless shirt on uh, during war. Oh, uh, 95%. Gardner was about to smash today. Too many drops and missed a, t uh, a TD. Yeah, uh, that was that was unfortunate. Uh, let's see, Flacco, the real deal. I I mean, he's he. I you can't deny that he has made that offense better since he's taken over. Yeah, I can't deny it, Bob. For setting percent ownership on an optimizer, I know it's related to uh, innate feeling, but are you learning to trust your feeling? So, like, uh, Jeff, a lot of times what I do is I just, right off the bat, I, if I don't use one of the three chalkiest uh, stacks, I really don't even worry about my ownership because I know my stack is going to be so different. It really doesn't even matter what I'm doing with the rest of my lineup. I rarely worry about cumulative ownership. I just try to make sure that I either have a weird stack or one or two guys under 5% in my lineup, and that will get you vastly different than the field. Uh, let's see. Late but here. What's up, big guy? What's up, Jake DeWitt? Uh, all right. 
love uh, or hate Saturday NFL slates? I thought it was fun today. I thought it was fun. I mean, other than uh, Pittman and Moss both dying within a five-minute stretch when I had a really nice lineup with both of them. Other than that, it's been real good, okay? It's been real good. House stacks with multiple uh, – yeah, I don't like multiple uh, running backs from the same team, right? So, like, if you're wanting to go with Karen Williams because he complains a lot, I get it. But, you know, trying to stack him with – who the fuck else they got? Royce Freeman? I don't even know who their backup is anymore. I don't love that one, Bob. Don't love that one. Uh, no reason to watch trash games. I mean, there is if you got money on it, bruh. Thoughts on Karen Williams? Complains too much. Complains too much. Always, you know, the store bitching about shit. Parking lots bitching about shit. That's just what he That's what he does. Uh, on a serious note, he's probably my second favorite running back on this slate. I I I, I love Karen. I love Karen. Uh, watching won't change my lineup. It's got to stay sweaty. Try hard. There you go. Uh, how do we fly the flag? Editor, uh, uh, reach out to the editor. Uh, or right here, support at DGN75. They'll get it to you over there on Twitter. Uh, that fool. All right. Uh, do you cane your Christmas shopping? Did you ask the same question twice, you mother father? All right. Let's see. Uh, can you play Karen and Cup together? I think so. I think so. I think you could go Stafford, uh, uh, Karen, and Cooper Cup, and the, you're going to need a big game from those three. But they could get there with that total, right? And um, you know, I think that's a way. I think most people who are going to play Stafford are going to double stack him. So putting him with a running back, a one and a half stack, could be a way to get slightly different, right? Uh, what two running backs are you running with tomorrow? I don't give picks, bro. Sorry. Uh, moving on. If I don't see questions, I'm going to go eat dinner, and you're going to deal with it. All right, Nick says, uh, not seen you drinking the ranch water recently. I mean, bro, don't you know that me and Tambo are having a big meetup at the Waste Management in February, and I imagine it's going to be four days of golf and debauchery with a lot of alcohol. I need to save the liver, so we're just going straight Topo Chico right now. The, the, I'll start putting the old uh, tequila back in there when we, get down to, when we get down to Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Because I imagine I'm going to do at least four months of damage to my liver. How's your college lineups doing? Haven't even looked, Nick. I, I don't know how to tell you this. I stay pretty fucking busy on Saturdays. So sadly, I haven't got to look. Do you like Karen and Cup? Already said it. Uh, how do we keep winning? All, uh, how do we keep winning all the time, boss? Uh, you don't. I mean, if you're winning all the time, you need to fucking reach out to me and tell me how to do that. I win enough to be up every year. I certainly do not win every week. I certainly do not win every month. Um, so if you if you know how to do that, congratulations to you, bro. I think the only way that you can really do sports betting right now and consistently win almost on a daily or weekly basis is prop betting. There, the 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 market is so soft out there that you can get on good props, especially if you have the proper tools to look at it that's why i'm trying to lean more into that because some people can't uh, handle the fluctuations that dfs offers right prop bets is a much more consistent thing you're rarely going to lose six seven eight weeks in a row like you can do at dfs all the time so i think prop bets are probably the only way that you're consistently winning all the time i mean of course if you look on twitter everybody says oh i'm i'm uh four for four this week in nfl that brings me up to 87 percent for the year bullshit bullshit all right, this Detroit-Denver game is sloggy early. I'm uh, not even watching it, Nick. I'm working, but I'm about to go flip it on, big guy. Matter of fact, I'll put it on right now, you mother father. Let me turn it on. Nick wants the TV on. We'll put the TV on for Nick. All right, any other questions? Let's see. That is right. I'm enjoying when you uh, – I win six figures tonight or tomorrow. Hey, Nick, you win six figures. I will let you buy me one ranch water. I will allow it. I will allow it. I will – I will allow this. Shut up. All right. There we go. All right, guys. I think we got through it all. Small crowd tonight. I'm going to assume it's because you all be in some tryhards watching football. Look at that. Russell Wilson just taking sacks. Actually, no, he's not. He's making a really nice throw, actually. I'll have you know. It's a really nice throw. 
All right, guys, I hope you all have a good night. Uh, uh, make sure to hit the like on your way out. Tell a friend, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Come check out DGen75. Um, join now or forever hold your peace. But for right now, the big guy's got to go because he's really, really hungry. Enjoy this outro. <laughs>